This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Preem. This is an Ots and Audibles basketball-only podcast uh, where we're getting you ready for Tuesday night's basketball game between the Memphis Tigers and the Oregon Ducks, both teams currently undefeated going into this one. Both are 2-0. and Both are ranked in the top 15 in the country. Both have multiple NBA players on their rosters. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to have uh, Brooks Hansen on of Go Tigers 247. He is our Memphis insider on the 24-7 Sports Network. He's going to get you up to date on all that's going on with Memphis Tigers. And trust me, there is a lot. There's the James Wiseman eligibility status. Uh, we'll get you caught up there where whether he plays or not Tuesday against Oregon, whether he finishes the season. Uh, where did this eligibility issue come from? Uh, but on top of all of that, there's also the Penny Hardaway, the head coach storyline. Memphis has a, uh, their own version of the Fab Five. They start five freshmen uh, in their starting lineup. They've looked really, really good in their first two games. Uh, most recently, Memphis had an impressive beatdown of University of Illinois Chicago. So Brooks will get us all up to date uh, on Memphis. And for Oregon, before that, well, before we go into the interview, we're also going to kind of look at Oregon through the lens of two games as well. They've played two teams. Uh, they opened the season uh, against Fresno State, a team that was, according to Ken Palm at least, ranked inside uh, the top 120. They were a fringe top 100 team inside the top 110. Good, good, solid test for Oregon. That I, I was very impressed with what Fresno State had. And then they went and and they and they beat Boise State on Saturday, 106-75. That was their second game of the season. Boise State was also, uh, according to Ken Palm, just outside of the top 100. And a top 100 team is is viewed as a quality win. And for Oregon, Fresno State and Boise State are going to be uh, as the season kind of transpires and plays out. You know, don't be surprised if they get into that top 100 echelon of teams in, in college basketball. So Oregon was tested early by two solid programs, good coaching staffs, good players. Uh, certainly not world beaters, but that you know, early season tests, that's a difficult schedule. Boise State was outmatched by Oregon. The Ducks won, like I said, 106-75. It featured a game in which Oregon saw senior grad transfer Anthony Mathis set a Matthew Knight Arena record for three-pointers made with nine. That's also his career high, which was previously eight, uh, excuse me, seven. Uh, And then on top of that, Mathis also had a career high in scoring. He scored 30 points in that basketball game. And uh, Oregon also got some really good contributions from Peyton Pritchard, as always. Pritchard had 19 points, seven assists, six rebounds, three steals, one turnover uh, in 34 minutes of play. Shakur Justin, another grad transfer, this one from UNLV. Uh, he's lived up to the billing early on in his career at Oregon. 16 points, a career high, nine assists, three rebounds, uh, 
uh, one steal in 31 minutes of action. And he shot 8 of 10 from the field. And one of those misses was a three-pointer, which isn't necessarily the strongest part of his game. Uh, so he was really efficient for Oregon at the power forward spot. Now, Oregon did have to play that game without Francis Socorro. And that's going to be probably Oregon's question mark going into Memphis Tuesday night at the Moda Center at 6 p.m. is how do they guard seven foot one center James Wiseman, who was the number one player in the country in the 2019 recruiting class and is being billed by basically anyone out there as the number one draft pick for the 2020 NBA draft. How does Oregon guard him with Francis Okoro? And if Okoro can't play, because if you didn't know, uh, really burying the lead here, uh, Okoro was hit by a car this past week. He was crossing Franklin Boulevard outside the arena and somehow, some way, he got struck by a vehicle. Uh, Okoro went was sent to the hospital. Dana Altman said after Tuesday night's uh, Saturday night's game uh, that Okoro, you know, the tests were run on him. He, everything came back fine. He, he's not physically hurt. He's just sore. Uh, we, he was at the Boise State game. He was in street clothes. He was walking. He had a slight limp. Um, but is he going to be able to play in this game? Altman said he wasn't sure, and he said the best way to describe it is just day-to-day. Kind of just as crazy as it sounds, it's just when does Okoro's body feel okay enough after getting hit by a vehicle, a moving vehicle, uh, to play in, in a high-level competition basketball game? That that's it, The bigger thing is, is Okoro's okay uh, as a human being. That, that, that's the bigger story here. Um, but how does Oregon adjust with with or without Okoro and defending, quite honestly, the best player in college basketball this season? Uh, that's going to be a big question for Oregon. In his place for Okoro against Boise State, the Ducks started freshman five-star forward C.J. Walker. He had a He's had a little rough go of it uh, in his first two games. He, he fouled out against Boise State, played just 11 minutes, had two points, was one of two from the field, had two rebounds. Um, his issues, though, were just kind of adjusting to the game of college basketball. Dana Altman said post-game that uh, C.J. Walker got called for a couple hand-checking calls, and they were they were basically useless fouls, pointless fouls, because he he was in position already. He he was playing good defense. He was moving his feet. He was just hand-checking for no reason. And Dana said that they need to, need to get that cleaned up out of his game because at the college level you can't hand-check. Uh, and that kind of co- picked him up a couple costly fouls, and he was only able to play 11 minutes against that Bronco team. But other guys stepped up. Like I said, Mathis, Pritchard, Juicen were kind of the, the, the main trio. But Oregon got some some really good minutes from Addison Patterson, a true freshman. Shot 7 of 7 from the field. Got to the line four times. Made three. Had four rebounds. Had a couple turnovers. He also fouled out in that game, hand-checking as well. But he finished with 17 points in 18 minutes of game action. 7 of 7 from the field. Uh, Patterson looked really, really good driving to the hole, finishing through contact in that one. Uh, really good bounce back game from a week, a game one uh, appearance where he didn't score. Uh, and then Chandler Lawson, a true freshman, another one for Oregon, came off the bench. And I thought his play was really, really good. And he's probably going to be the one that that's going to get the most uh, impact or, or minutes if a coral can't play. Lawson's a six foot eight long long forward. He's familiar with James Wiseman's game. They they both from the Memphis area. Um, Lawson had eight points, nine rebounds, two steals, uh, in twenty four minutes of action. He was four of six from the field. Uh, really good performance from Lawson. 
Um, Oregon's freshmen are, are coming along a little bit, uh, but it helps for Oregon, even though they've got some new faces. They've got a, a, a Shakur Justin, an Anthony Mathis, and a Peyton Pritchard who are seniors. Chris Duarte was the JUCO Player of the Year going into this, uh, going into last season uh, at, at JUCO level. He was the number one ranked JUCO prospect in the country this past year. He's also in the starting lineup as a junior, and you know really gives a stabilizing force from a veteran experience for this Oregon team. So, uh, but it, this game's going to come down to a for Oregon, can they stop James Wiseman? Can they figure out a way to prevent him from going off? And look, that's going to be difficult. You're, you're not going to stop him. You're just going to be able to contain him, uh, limit his impact, if you will, in this basketball game. And then after that, it's does Oregon's freshman, can they give Oregon the production off the bench that they need? Because I feel confident Peyton Pritchard's going to play well. feel pretty confident Mathis and Justin will play well as well. Same with Duarte, but... Will Richardson as well, another sophomore guard, you know. But where, what kind of production do you get from C.J. Walker? What kind of production do you get from Chandler Lawson and Addison Patterson? And if Francis Coro can give you anything, if you get positive, net positive out of those four guys in this game, uh, I feel like Oregon's going to be in a good spot against a really, really, really young Memphis team that's going to be flying across the country, playing their first game against legit competition, comparable competition. And at the same time, uh, th- this is their their first opportunity uh, of playing on the road. You know, they've never a lot of these guys have never played on the road before at the college level. There's going to be an adjustment period. Can can Oregon capitalize off that? And then can you limit the damage that that James Wiseman's going to do? Because look, it's he's he's gonna he's gonna get his numbers. It's just how much does he get? Uh, I think this is going to be one of the better college basketball games in the season. I think both teams can win. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Oregon wins by a couple possessions. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if Memphis kind of goes away with it and wins. Because if Oregon can't stop Wiseman or at least limit him, things are going to get interesting there. So a lot to watch for in this one. Uh, we're also going to have Brooks Hansen on uh, of Go Tigers 247. He's going to come on and get you ready to go for this Oregon versus Memphis basketball game Tuesday night from the Motor Center, 6 p.m. Pacific time tip. Game will be broadcast on ESPN. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined by Brooks. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's now welcome in Memphis beat writer and insider Brooks Hansen of Go Tigers 24-7. Brooks, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Man, I'm. <laughs> my head is still spinning from the weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what could you maybe just take us through that and just what all happened on Friday? Can you give us just a quick, a, a quick recap of just what all transpired Friday afternoon? Yeah, Matt, as you know, you know, the, the network as a whole is going through a, a promo right now. We're doing two months for a dollar. And I was in the middle of actually writing my promo story to go live and also trying to get out the door to go pick up my son from daycare. I get on the road and I realize I have a text from a source who says, call me ASAP. And it turns out that phone call was trying to give me the story about Wiseman being ruled ineligible. I missed it, but uh, quickly got on the phone, started breaking some news related to Wiseman being in court just an hour before the Tigers game on Friday night to file a temporary restraining order to be able to play. Um, so it was wild from, from that moment on. It's been nonstop over the last 72 hours or so, just trying to speak to as many smart people as possible that know what they're talking about so that I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, so really, there's been nothing that happened other than the news from James Wiseman's legal team coming out that he was ruled ineligible by the NCAA or likely ineligible, as the NCAA put it. And then for the temporary restraining order in Shelby County Court to be granted. So those are the two big things that happened. I saw the wording, and I brought it up too, of like there's no middle ground. He's either ineligible or he's not in my mind. And for the NCAA to come out and, and say, hey, he's he's likely ineligible, that, that just it reeks of, I don't know what, what it reeks of, but it's just bad. Um, what this stems from a payment of $11,500 to his mom to move. Is that right? From, from Penny Hardaway, but that happened years ago. Yeah. So this happened in 2017. It was when Penny Hardaway was the head coach at East high school. Um, the, the period in question whenever it comes to Penny Hardaway as a quote unquote booster with the university of Memphis is from 2008 where he made a donation to the 501c3 nonprofit public university, the University of Memphis, for a building project to build the uh, Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the payment in question is $11,500, according to the lawsuit that was filed on Friday against the NCAA. That payment was a part of the discovery process during James Wiseman's eligibility uh, process when they reviewed his case file from January until May of 2019 and the NCAA came back in May of 2019 and ruled James Wiseman eligible right. so they rule him eligible later say we made an error in that ruling but we're going to honor that ruling and then they come back on October uh, late October 31st I believe uh, stating that Due to a new interpretation of bylaws, James Wiseman is likely ineligible, and then November 5th, they rule him 
ineligible. It just seems like a, a disaster of a mess of a headache. Um, do you expect him to play on Tuesday against Oregon, Portland? Absolutely. I mean, the only the only way that that does not happen is if somehow in you know about twenty four hours or so the NCAA is to able to file a notice of, uh, to appear, a notice to change venue, um, where they try to request this being moved from a state and county court to a federal court, and then the judge is able to somehow overrule that TRO before tomorrow night. Sure. And that's not going to happen. There's just no way on the face of the planet that they have that much time. Do you so, th- uh, yes, he's playing. Do, do you think he finishes the year? So the, his legal team, and you know, I don't know if you've you've heard it or not. We actually did a special podcast episode with uh, uh, civil rights NCAA civil rights attorney, uh, the first attorney to ever win a case against the NCAA. Right. Uh, you know, his his case, uh, his fir- the first case to sue the NCAA is the case that actually calls two NCAA bylaws to be enjoined. Uh, his name is Richard Johnson, and he fully believes that James Wiseman has a very clear-cut case against the NCAA that that temporary restraining order will turn into a an injunction which will protect him through the remainder of the year. Gotcha. Uh, so I would say if, if you're listening to the optimism of the legal team and other experts that deal with NCAA legal matters, that yes, there's a good likelihood that he does play through the year. Well, that's good for college basketball because he's obviously one of the best players in the country, and having him removed right. from the court would be awful just from a basketball standpoint. Um, it, it's crazy that this is. I, I was excited when this game was scheduled because oh, it, it, there's going to be a ton of storylines, and now all of a sudden this kind of is going to overshadow a ton of them. Um, one of them though is, is Penny Hardaway, the head coach. Um, what's just kind of been his impact on the program, obviously he played there. Like you said, he's in the Hall of Fame there. Um, just what, what's kind of been the general vibe of Memphis Tigers basketball led by Penny Hardaway? Man, it's, uh, it's absurd how high profile it is now. You know, you've got Penny Hardaway, who's uh, you know an NBA all-star, who's got recognition – from a basketball perspective, but he's also a cultural icon in terms of fashion, um, you know, with little penny and his, his endorsement. So he's, he's multi-tiered in terms of the impact that he brings. Cause you all of a sudden have people that love penny Hardaway that aren't necessarily just hardcore college basketball fans. And because of that, the exposure from a national media perspective is that much more amplified. So it's been it's been wild. You know, you see day in day out requests from national media outlets wanting to do documentaries or series, or you know, you've got ESPN Plus doing a, a mini series on the team throughout the season uh, called The Hardaway. So, you know, it, it's been night and day different. You know, with with Tubby Smith, Memphis was essentially a dead dog lying. Um, you know, it, it was it was the doldrums for Memphis basketball. Sure. You know, Tubby Smith was not exciting. He was the opposite of that. He was, <laughs> uh, you know, he was essentially put, he was close to putting Memphis basketball into retirement. And, um, you know, Penny Hardaway has been a, a breath of fresh air for the community, for the city, for the program. 
And the recruiting is a big part of that. Uh, guys like James Wiseman, Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, Precious Achua. So, uh, and, and to, to project it out for 2020 to look just as promising uh, is exciting for the city. Memphis hasn't really played anyone tough early on in two games, and that's understandably so. I mean, so many new fr- faces, so many of those guys being freshmen, it, it, it's difficult to, to warrant the throwing them out, you know, game one, game two against you know, good competition. Um, but what have you kind of taken away from games against South Carolina State and, and Illinois Chicago? What have been the big ca- takeaways from this Memphis team against those two teams? Yeah, I mean, you look at the uh, Illinois-Chicago game, they were favored to win by 27 uh, points, I believe. Uh, ended up running away with that game by uh, 46. Jeez. So, you know, they, they outperformed the line by a good margin in both games. Um, UIC was missing one of their key players, but I doubt that that makes up the massive difference that you see there. Um, but both of those early games were completely at odds with Memphis's exhibition games where James Wiseman did not play for a tweaked ankle. Um, you know, you look at the impact that he had, he, he opens up so much for Memphis's guards and other guys like Precious Achua that uh, this team now looks completely different. So the big things that I would say from the first two games are, are takeaways. Memphis has a ton of weapons. You know, in the first game, uh, they were led by, obviously, James Wiseman. Uh, Damian Ball had a really good game. And uh, Lester Quinones and Boogie Ellis did not shoot the ball very well. Uh, Precious Achua had almost a double-double. And, and then you turn the corner – and you look at the UIC game, and all of a sudden you've got Boogie Ellis going six of nine from three, finishing with 22 points, uh, shooting the ball like everyone expected him to. You've got Lester Quinones going two of five. Uh, you've got Precious again flirting with another double double. Uh, and DJ Jeffries, uh, another top 50 level recruit, finished the game with 14 points and four rebounds. So guys that did not perform well in the opening game performed extremely well. And the one consistent factor is James Wiseman. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for Oregon to stop James Wiseman. You know, they signed a five-star center and follow Dante, but he's not eligible yet. And hasn't, oh, man, actually... I'm so sad about not seeing that matchup. I wanted to see that bad. Yeah, that was, that was going to be awesome to see. And then on top of that, you know, Oregon's starting center, Francis Okoro got hit by a car last week uh, and didn't play. Uh, in their game against Boise State on Saturday, and his availability is going to be in doubt uh, against Memphis. Don't really know if he's going to play or not. I mean, he's checked out fine, but you know, Oregon's head coach Dan Altman said that he's just extremely sore, and you know, <laughs> naturally so, getting hit by a car. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Funny, though, uh, funny story for you. I've actually been hit by a car as well. I had a car. Uh, I was working at a parking lot in high school parking cars and this guy's brakes went out and he leveled me uh so i understand how he feels <laughs> it, it's scary i mean it, you don't unfortunately you don't hear it very often but strange deal for for that and that puts oregon in an interesting bind because if if okoro doesn't play they don't have anyone taller than six eight they don't have a traditional center on the roster um I, i'm just kind of curious what is memphis's game plan with wiseman just always pack 
throw it in the paint, let him go to work, or do they want to go up and down? Or you know, I'm just curious, what's just kind of the, the playing style with, with this Memphis team? Yeah, so you know, Penny Hardaway from day one has talked about installing a, a pro style um, system, and one of those, you know, part of that is that uh, board man takes the ball up the court. Uh, so you'll see James Wiseman board the ball, uh, you know, get a defensive board and and initiate the break himself. That's awesome. Uh, you'll see Precious Hachua. You'll see DJ Jeffries. They like to push the ball in transition. In the half court, they're doing a lot of read sets where they're not – they don't have uh, necessarily set plays where it's a pattern-based offense. They do reads. Sure. So depending upon what the defense is doing, players are expected to make the proper read, get themselves in position, uh, and make plays based upon those reads. So they don't typically throw the ball in the paint for James Wiseman. Now they'll, they'll do sets where they establish isolation plays for Wiseman, uh, especially – uh, in on the low block coming off of maybe a stagger screen. But they do do a lot of that off of uh, high-low action with Lance Thomas, with uh, Precious Achua, with DJ Jeffries. Uh, but they are – Memphis is very pro-oriented in that they're constantly looking for corner threes. Uh, you'll see that a ton. I expect Oregon – one of Oregon's big things that they'll be keying on is trying to close out on corner threes because Memphis tries to get that shot all the time um so a lot of drive motion based offense where you're you're making reads and passes based upon that i i imagine that oregon's going to try and make this game kind of a track meet to to make james wiseman have to run up and down the court and then if it does he'll love that yeah i i I think it's gonna be a high scoring game honestly like i i don't know too and i i think it's going to be highly entertaining i think the build-up to the game is going to be just as entertaining as the game itself. You know, tomorrow I fully expect to tomorrow's ESPN coverage to be absolutely nutty wall to wall about this Wiseman issue, and then I, I fully expect the game to deliver. Yeah, they, they they're going to have the big crew too for ESPN. Uh, Dan Schulman and, and Jay Billis will be on the call. So when Bill, Billis is a, a a champion for for college athletes and, and their rights, and seeing what this happens, you're right. It might you know. Billis will be on the call, so you know there's going to be some stuff said just about what the NCAA is doing and whatnot. Um, I'm just curious, last question here is just, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out ways of how Oregon's going to, you know, go against James Wiseman, and it's going to be difficult. But just Memphis wins this game because they do what, and, and Oregon wins this game in your mind because what transpires for that to happen? Well, you know, I think Memphis has to rebound the ball extremely well, which I, I fully believe that with the size difference that they have the opportunity to do that, they're going to try to really pressure yeah. Oregon's guards. You know, with with Anthony Mathis breaking out like he did in the last game, with you know Pritchard being as good as everybody knows he is, uh, Addison Patterson is obviously a guy that Memphis recruited and they're familiar with. Uh, but Oregon has a lot of perimeter weapons that could cause problems for Memphis. You know, Memphis has a really big, big guard in Damian Baugh. He's six three, six four point guard who can get out and defend on the perimeter. He's he's kind of an elite defensive guy. Think of a uh, Drew Holiday, sure, kind of defensive guy. But then you you think about if he gets in foul trouble or something happens and you've got to bring Tyler Harris off the bench to, to defend, you know, Pritchard. 
Yeah, that's going to be a matchup that Memphis is probably going to lose because Tyler Harris is maybe 5'10". Uh, you've got Alex Lomax, who's also a 5'11 guard, coming off the bench. Um, so they're going to hope that Damian Ball, Lester Quinones, they're two freshman perimeter guards that can defend, have good games defensively, uh, which you know, you know, with freshmen, it's kind of like a flippable coin. Yeah. Uh, you've seen it with C.J. Walker. Yep. You've seen it with uh, even Chandler Lawson. You know, both of those guys have been very hit or miss so far. Uh, and I think for Oregon, they win this game if they can get production from those two guys that I just mentioned. If Lawson and Walker can can go toe to toe and give Oregon some scoring against Memphis's duo of Achiwa and uh, DJ Jeffries, I think Oregon can pull this out. Do, do you feel like there's any? I don't want to say concern, but this is their you know this is for Memphis. This is their their first time on the road. You know, a lot of these key guys are freshmen, like you've said. Is, is there any kind of just intrigue of just how are they going to respond away from from Memphis's home arena and and playing a team that's got comparable talent? Is there any concern there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the the storyline for Memphis will be can Memphis's fre- I mean, they're they're going to start five freshmen. Yeah. And there've only been two teams in the last 30 years that have done that and had success and that's Michigan with the 5-5 and Kentucky with the John Wall Eric Bledsoe team. So, it's going to be interesting to see how Memphis's five freshmen and they've got two others that will be coming off the bench that play meaningful minutes actually respond in hostile territory on the road in an arena that they're not familiar with shooting in, um, you know, because much of what Memphis does, it starts on the outside and works its way in. You've got, you know, guys like Boogie Ellis and Lester Quinones that are billed as sharpshooters. They go in there and struggle, you know, Peyton Pritchard, that man, that man is not going to struggle. Yeah. Uh, he, he is pretty much automatic, you know, um, I don't. I don't see that being an issue for you guys now, Memphis. That's a completely different story. He is uh, Brooks Hanson of Go Tigers two four seven. Read his work. Get yourself familiar with the Memphis Tigers as the Ducks and the Tigers play six o'clock from the Motor Center. Game is on ESPN. Uh, Brooks, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 